Happy Top 10 Tuesday to you here on the EP Podcast. I'm Austin Horton. Thanks for joining me each and every day right here, part of the Zone Sports Network. You can find us on Twitter at Austin Horton. You can email us, austin.horton at 1280thezone.com. Find the show itself on 1280thezone.com slash EP dash podcast. The Zone Sports Network app in your uh, app store, uh, in the on-demand audio section, or of course, anywhere you find podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, iHeart, TuneIn, uh, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, on and on and on. You can find us anywhere, the EP Podcast. We've got a lot to do, as we always do on Tuesdays. As I mentioned a moment ago, it is a Top 10 Tuesday. I give you 10 stories uh, uh, that are uh, on my mind and drawing my attention today. Uh, nine of them are sports related. The fifth one is always non-sports random, and uh, we we do it in a random order, uh, one through nine technically, with the fifth one being in there. So one, two, three, four, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, all random. The fifth one each and every week is a random non-sports related story, and I've got a fun one that I think a lot of people will like today. All right. With that being said, we have made national news here on the Zone Sports Network. Pizzagate, as it is now uh, affectionately being called. Why is everything a gate, by the way? I don't know. It just rolls off the tongue. Thanks, Richard Nixon. Uh, but uh, we we have been the top story trending now uh, on social media, on the national sports websites, TMZ. I, I had phone calls and emails from TMZ Sports Center, a bunch of national sports shows. All, it was a wild day and night yesterday because Craig Fight, a local man who claims to have made and delivered the pizza to Michael Jordan in 1997, joined the big show yesterday and told his side of things. And now, of course, he's doing the media rounds. I told him, you're going to be in, be inundated with requests. We'll talk about that story, share a couple sound bites from him as well here during the uh, top 10 list. But let's get into it. Let's start with, as we do each and every day, this day in sports history. May 19, 2000, the Indiana Pacers reached their first and only NBA Finals on the back of a 17 fourth quarter points performance from guard Reggie Miller, beating the Knicks 93-80, to winning game six of the Eastern Conference Finals. And as I said, getting to their first and only NBA Finals in franchise history, which they lost to the Lakers in six games. 2004, Kevin Garnett fueled the Minnesota Timberwolves to beat the Kings at Target Center in game seven of the Western Conference Semifinals to go on to their first and only Western Conference Finals where they lost to, yes, the Lakers, and yes, again, in six games. 1974, May 19, the Philadelphia Flyers beat the Boston Bruins 1-0 at the Spectrum, winning the Stanley Cup Finals in six games. The Flyers were the NHL's first expansion team to win it all, but that is misleading because they were an expansion team in 1967. They were not an expansion team the year they won the championship, so that that little note is misleading there, but they were the first team that was originally an expansion team then to then go on and win the whole thing. So there you go, some news and notes from the sports history books on May 19. Let's dive into the top 10 list today. Let's spin the wheel and find out which of the 10 stories comes your way first right here on the EP Podcast. All right, the random wheel has brought us a jazz story to start things off with here on a Top 10 Tuesday. Boyan Bogdanovich to undergo season-ending wrist surgery, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. 
Uh, he writes in what promises to be a difficult loss to Western Conference playoff contender, Jazz forward Boyan Bogdanovich will undergo season-ending surgery on his wrist. Uh, the surgery was scheduled for today, Tuesday, to repair the scaphalinate ligament in his right wrist. That is Bogdanovich's shooting wrist, by the way. Uh, but Boyan uh, has had this injury for some time, reportedly, uh, and he still shot 40% from three uh, and averaged 20 points a game. And uh, according to Woj, he's uh, one of two NBA players to average 20 points and shoot 40% on three-pointers and 90% on free throws this season, joining uh, just he and Chris Middleton are the only two in the NBA to have 20 points, 40% from three, and 90% from free throws this season. This is a big loss for the Utah Jazz. Bojan Bogdanovic was uh, worth every penny that the Utah Jazz threw his way to get him to come to Salt Lake City uh, instead of going back to the Indiana Pacers. Uh, that t- Those 20 points a game were often quietly garnered. Uh, he, he was rarely the focal point of the uh, scouting report for the, in fact, I, I would venture a guess and say he was never the focal point of an opponent's uh, defensive scouting report. And yet uh, many nights he was the reason the Jazz won or were in games or had a chance to win games. And I'm not talking about the two game winners that he had. I'm talking about his quiet 18 and, and six games that he had all season long. But 20 points a game. Uh, is nothing to sneeze at. And the Jazz, for the first time in a long time, had three guys in the starting lineup capable of scoring 20 points a night in Donovan, Conley, and Boyan. Now, Conley did not prove to be the case so far with his in his time with the Utah Jazz, but Boyan proved to be that and then some. Chris Mannix joined the big show on Monday and shared why he feels this is not only a sign of bad things for the Jazz and their title hopes, but also a sign uh, for the NBA in general. Chris Mannix is with us. Boyan Bogdanovich undergoes season-ending wrist surgery. That hurts the Jazz a lot, don't you think? It's pretty devastating. And it probably takes the Jazz out of whatever contention, title contention, whatever they want to call whatever the NBA comes back at because he was so valuable. But it just kind of sort of reinforces a point I was hearing and have been hearing from other general managers that whenever the NBA comes back, it's just not a continuation of what the league left behind in mid-March. There's just been too many changes to come back and call it a continuation. They'll probably call whatever happens a championship or a champion, but it's just not going to be the same thing. There have been questions raised nationally and locally about the timing of the decision to have Boyan uh, undergo this surgery and miss the rest of what will be uh, the, the NBA season, whatever form it takes or looks like, or what it looks like, I should say. Uh, I think Chris Mannix has nailed it on the head. I think that uh, whatever form return to play takes for the NBA it will be somewhat hollow compared in you know relative to the rest of the history of the NBA both before and after this pandemic year uh, i think that uh, whoever ends up winning the pseudo championship will be just that a pseudo champion you can't take it away from them you can't say they're not NBA champions but you can always have that yeah but attached to it the jazz probably i'm i'm venturing a complete guess here the Jazz probably feel that it's best to have Boyan get this surgery done now, try and still make a run at it without him, and then make sure he's 100% fully healthy to start next season, which will likely land around November, December, the start of the season. So uh, that would be, I, I would think, their, their thinking behind this uh, decision uh, is that they feel that they could still be a competitive contending team 
in a shortened, truncated, or whatever ends up being the, the case for this coming postseason, and yet be ready to go full bore next season with Bojan Bogdanovic fully healthy, especially with it being his shooting wrist. That, I think, is the, the, fact, the biggest factor here. If it was his other wrist, he'd play through this season, get the surgery, and then come back after that. But it being his shooting wrist, and that is why they went out and paid Bojan Bogdanovic is for his shooting, then that is why they want it to get done now so he's fully healthy for next season. That's my guess anyway, but big news and not good news for the Utah Jazz as Bojan Bogdanovic will miss the rest of whatever this season looks like. All right, I promised you we would get to Pizzagate and a random list and, a, a, you know, the, the will speaks. And when the will speaks, that's where we go. And story two here on a Top Ten Tuesday, Craig Fight, F-I-T-E, the number one story on many national websites this morning. ESPN just reached out to me again uh, as I was uh, recording this podcast a moment ago to get a downloadable file of this interview. He joined the big show yesterday to finally set the record straight from his viewpoint that the pizza that Michael Jordan and his team claim Michael Jordan got sick from was his pizza, was made by Craig and delivered by Craig to his ho- to Michael Jordan's hotel room in Park City in 1997. That is uh, what he wanted to tell, the story. Uh, I want to share the nutshell version that he shared with the Big Show yesterday. Uh, you know, this is just a, uh, just under a minute edited down version of what he had to say. You can find the interview in its entirety at 1280thezone.com, uh, on Zone, Zone Sports Net, on Twitter, on Facebook, anywhere you see it. It's Like I said, it's one of the top stories trending nationally right now. So uh, a, a crazy moment for us, and, and a nod and a thanks to our good friend Dustin Smith of Quarterback Elite uh, for hooking us up with Craig. And uh, kudos to Craig for having the guts to come on and tell his story now this is his word against MJ and his team's word. I don't know. You, you know how I feel about that. I'm more likely to believe Craig than I am to believe MJ. But here's what Craig had to say. Joining us now is Craig Fight, who delivered the pizza to Michael Jordan. We got a call, and a guy all of a sudden motioned me over because he knew I was the only Bulls fan in the store. He goes, it might be one of the players. And I remember saying, I'll make the pizza because I don't want any of you doing anything to it. And then I told the driver, I said, you're going to take me there. Both of us are in uniform. Security guy looks at us as going in. I remember one of the players saying, oh, hey, pizza, who's that for? And I said, I don't know. It's room this. And they went, oh, for Mike. So I knock on the door, and this great guy who's been saying all this crap lately, <laughs> He answers the door, but I'm handing him the pizza, and I said, can I at least say hi to Mike? Why not? It's my one shot, right? The door kind of opens up a little bit more. Mike's in the room, raises his hand. He said, thanks, man. The guy shut the door, and that's the extent of the whole story. It's tough to get food poisoning off of pizza, unless, of course, obviously you add something to it, but that didn't happen because it sure as heck didn't leave my hands. Pretty, pretty interesting and fascinating, and uh, you should, I highly Highly recommend you listen to the full interview unedited at 1280thezone.com and make your own conclusions, draw your own thoughts as to whether or not Craig is credible. I think he is, but that's me thinking he is. You know, as Gordon Monson has said oftentimes, you have to at some point uh, jump and take a, a leap with someone that you think is credible and hope that you fly. Now, you, you vet it as best you can, and then you attach it with words like he claims, he's alleged, uh, possible delivery man, things like that, because it is, as I said before, Craig's word against everyone else's word. There's no cold, hard, physical evidence to point to to prove one side of the story or the other. But I'm leaning towards what probably most likely happened here was that 
Michael Jordan got sick. Could it have been from the pizza? Could it have been, as Craig says in the full interview, because the windows were all open and it was colder that night and he got a touch of what could it be what I suggested on the big show? That the previous guest who had stayed in that room ahead of Michael Jordan had somehow left a bug in there that had been missed by the cleaning crew. Uh, you know, just by accident, not 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 leaving a bug like the CIA would leave a bug to get someone sick. No, leaving a bug just to, by sneezing, coughing, whatever. And Michael Jordan picked it up. Who knows? He probably got sick. I think he was. I don't think he was faking during that sick game. But I don't. If it wasn't the flu, as he says, and it was food poisoning for sure, I don't think it was purposeful food poisoning, as Tim Grover and others have somewhat suggested in the past so there you go pizza gate <laughs> what a wild wild day here on the zone sports network story three comes to us with a little bit of audio as well F- tillman fertita the houston rockets owner uh, and uh, his gm daryl morey were at odds back in january over the protests that were going on and continue to you know somewhat go on in hong kong as uh the the uh Chinese Communist Party tried to crack down on freedoms and liberties that have been afforded and given to people in the sovereign property of uh, Hong Kong. And students were protesting against that and fighting for freedom. And Daryl Morey tweeted out uh, in uh, uh, solidarity with those protests saying, you know, give freedom to, to Hong Kong. Tillman Fertitta and the NBA, frankly, were not happy or pleased with Daryl Morey for doing that as they have a lot of business interests tied up in the Chinese market, especially when it comes to basketball marketing. And uh, Tillman Fertitta was part of a lunch or uh, some sort of a sit-in with uh, Donald Trump at the White House yesterday and made somewhat of a, took somewhat, I think, of a shot at his general manager, Daryl Morey. You know, it's funny you brought up about China. I should have realized it was going to be a bad year for China when my general manager tweeted out, you know, freedom for Hong Kong. So <laughs> that started my, my <laughs> year with China. Quiet, right? and you kept that, it quiet, right? You kept that quiet. So I'm still <laughs> trying to work that out. <laughs> and here comes something he else. He owns the Houston Rockets, in case you don't know. And <laughs> but, he's a great, and by the way, he's a great guy, great family, great everything. And uh, yeah, he did uh, cause you a little ruckus. Did, whatever <laughs> happened to him, by yes, the way? Is he yes. still working for you? Yes, he is. He must because, be pretty good. Yes, because uh, <laughs> it's just uh, it's a trick question, but, but he is. So, so couple thoughts. Uh, the way that uh, Donald Trump reacted to that, I don't. A lot of people took it as he was joking about. You kept that quiet, right? I I honestly wonder if he even knew about it. But I'm not going to share my political beliefs beyond that right here on this on this platform and forum. Uh, but then, secondly, it's pretty crazy that Tillman Fertitta and Daryl Morey are absolutely still at odds, absolutely still do not see eye to eye, absolutely disagree on the whole, uh, you know, uh, politics at play with the Hong Kong uh, situation, and yet they are still a successful basketball organization. Will it continue that way in the future? We'll see. This pandemic may have been uh, in some way uh, a good reprieve from each other, Although in another way, it could have been worse and, f- and fan those flames of annoyance with, the, with each other because this pandemic originated in China. Uh, so who knows? This is, this is a mess. We know that the Chinese uh, government says they will not be airing any NBA games for the rest of the season. And that is costing the NBA millions, if not billions of dollars. But you know what? 
it's and this is easy for me to say because it's not my business on the line. I'm not Tillman Fertitta. I'm not Adam Silver. I'm not the NBA. I'm just Austin Horton. And I think you should stand up and fight for freedom and injustice everywhere. Uh, and regardless of what that does to your bottom line. I say that now. I don't have any money on the line. I would like to believe I would still say that if I did. But there you go. Bit of audio there from Tillman Fertitta taking a somewhat of a shot, I feel, at Daryl Morey. All right, let's spin that wheel and see what's next on the Top 10 Tuesday. Our fourth story today here on the EP Podcast comes courtesy of LeBron James and Maverick Carter, his uh, agent and PR person and, and his manager and his, his on and on and on. Uh, and this is from the Uninterrupted's After Party video cast. And LeBron talked about in 2011 the rumors that he had st- he had started during the NBA lockout focusing on trying to transition from playing ma- uh, professional basketball to professional football in the NFL. And the little thing at the end of this clip, that, that was not news to me. It was somewhat news to hear it absolutely cold hard, cold hard confirmed by LeBron to be the case. But the end uh, of, of this clip, which I'm going to just play for you here from Maverick Carter, absolutely blew me away. Here's uh, LeBron James on Uninterrupted talking about his focus on a f- professional football during the uh, 2011 lockout. Recently, Coach Doc Rivers said uh, that he believes you could have been potentially the best football player to ever play the game. Was football ever even a thought for you during that year? It, it, you know what, to be honest, PR, it, it actually was. Um, wow. I had no idea how long the lockout was going to be. And, and myself and my trainer, my man, Sears, we, we really started to, started to actually train to be a football player when it came to like October and November, we started to run. We started to clock our times with the 40s. We started to add a little bit more in our bench presses and things of that nature. We started to add more sledding to our to our agenda with our with our uh, workouts. And um, you know, Mike kept talking about you know it'd be great to go down to Irvine, Texas. You know, it'd be great to go to Irvine, Texas. You know, Mike is you know he he's from Texas. It'd be great to go down there down there to Dallas. You know, and suit it up for the Cowboys. How great that'll be. And you know, I. You know, the thoughts came into my mind, the thoughts came into my mind, but, you know, never um, having the ability to finish my high school career of playing like my senior year. I have dreams all the time about playing football. And it's like it's crazy because I actually never run on the field in my dreams. It always gets to the point where I'm either in the locker room or getting dressed or talking about it or seeing the fans. And it's. Soon as I run about to run on the field, something else happens in my dream. It's like something that, yeah, it, it always happens like that. But yeah, you, you're absolutely right. Did you get the call from Bron saying, "Hey, I might want to do this"? <laughs> I did not, but I know he got a contract from Jerry Jones uh, that he framed and put in his office. Of course, of course, Jerry Jones was willing to send LeBron James a contract because uh, even if LeBron James was terrible. At, at football, Jerry Jones is along the same lines as Jerry Reinsdorf. He, they understand the business side of having LeBron James be on your football team, or in Michael Jordan's case, baseball team, and the draw that will bring to the gate, to the merchandise, on and on and on and on and on. The attention would be fully, squarely focused on the Dallas Cowboys that year. It wouldn't. Whoever won the Super Bowl in 2011 just became a backseat to the story. Had LeBron James 
you know, uh, taken this contract and played for the Dallas Cowboys. I think it would have been a disaster. I honestly wonder if he would have survived. And that's, you know, LeBron James is a big dude and a terrific athlete. But he goes across the middle and gets creamed by a linebacker for the Dallas, for, for anyone else in the NFL while he's playing for the Dallas Cowboys. He may not play basketball ever again. I can't imagine that they would have allowed him to do this, but nevertheless, he has a contract offer from Jerry Jones uh, sitting in his office. That is pretty crazy. All right, no need to spin the wheel for Story 5 because Story 5 each and every week is random, not sports-related. And this week, uh, the Office fans gather around the podcast format you're listening to because uh, this this one person, this, this fan of The Office, spent 200 days so far... Uh, of his quarantine time typing out a 20-episode, 900-page season 10 for The Office. You can find it at theofficefanfic.com, theofficefanfic.com, if you want to read all 20 episodes, all 900 pages of how he perceives the uh, how he would have written or has written the 10th season of The Office to have gone pretty wild stuff. Fan fiction is fun. Fan fiction can also be incredibly frustrating. And I, I read, I skimmed through a, a, a few pages of the first episode. There's, there's some definite knowledge of The Office here from this fan. I'm not going to deny that. He's familiar with the tone and setting and writing of The Office. Uh, he does match more closely the later years of the office writing, uh, thinking, and tone than the earlier years when the office was at its best. Uh, but it's it's fine. As far as fan fiction goes, I think this is worth skimming through and seeing what you think. This is all you have for season 10 of The Office. So if you're that thirsty for more of The Office, go to theofficefanfic.com and see what this one fan has written and dreamt up for a season 10 of The Office. Pretty interesting. All right, spin the wheel. Back to the top 10 list here on an EP podcast. Kevin Durant has never been shy about sharing his thoughts on social media with those that uh, he perceives to have uh, slighted him or downgraded him in any way. And the latest uh, target of Kevin Durant on social media is none other than his former general manager, current GM of the Golden State Warriors, Bob Myers. In an interview with ESPN, Myers recently suggested that the Warriors run in 2017-18, or 2017-18, which obviously culminated in a championship, didn't quite feel as special as the others. At that point, Golden State won their second NBA Finals with Durant and their third in four years. Quote, the second time with Kevin in 2018, it felt like, well, we just did what we were supposed to do. And great job, Myers told ESPN. Quote, it wasn't joy, close quote. Durant does not seem to uh, like that comment so much from Bob Myers. After he saw the quote on Instagram, Durant responded with a line of his own. Uh, he wrote under a picture of the Golden State Warriors celebrating the NBA title that year, uh, quote, happy as expletive in the photo from the post, an image of the Warriors squad looking full of, well, joy, close quote. And you know what? Here is the, 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 the picture right in front of my eyes. And yeah, it's the Warriors celebrating with ecstasy, lifting up the Larry O'Brien trophy and uh, being happy that they've won the NBA title. But in this picture, I see one Steph Curry, I see Draymond Green, I see JaVale McGee, 
and I see Clay Thompson, I don't see Kevin Durant anywhere in this photo. Interesting, right? But anyway, Kevin Durant, always been one to uh, be willing to even go as far as making fake burner accounts to argue against his detractors. Here he is once again, this time going after his former GM, Bob Myers. Pretty crazy. We're cooking with gas now here on a Top 10 Tuesday. Story 7 here. The Last Dance having uh, finished off its season and its entirety on Sunday with episodes 9 and 10 have a lot of people wondering, well, what's next? What are some other sports figures or stories that you'd like to see get the Last Dance treatment? Uh, and I've got a list here from ForTheWin.USAToday.com, uh, their, their sports blog there. I'm going to share their list with you. There is something missing from the list uh, a couple things that I think locally here in Utah we'd like to see get the last dance treatment, and I'll share those at the end of their list. But first and foremost on their list is LeBron James, Tiger Woods, the Bill Belichick Patriots, the Williams Sisters, the Golden State Warriors Dynasty, Tennessee and Yukon Women's Hoops, Wayne Gretzky and the Oilers, Alabama football, Michael Phelps, Muhammad Ali, absolutely, that one, that one for sure has to happen. The 2017 Astros, I'll take that one as well because they flat cheated. The Manchester City winning on the last day in 2012, pass. And Leicester City winning the Premier League in 2016, the most unlikely of champions. Uh, that's interesting because it's an underdog story, but I'll probably pass on that as well. So there's their 13 ideas. I think it would be cool to see uh, a last dance treatment with uh, 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 Lavelle Edwards and Ron McBride rivalry years. I think it'd be interesting to see one about the rivalry period uh, between BYU and Utah. I think, uh, obviously, the finals years from the Utah Jazz organization and franchise would be phenomenally received here in the state of Utah and by Jazz fans. As noted by a lot of Jazz fans, felt uh, they, didn't be, they weren't covered as well or anywhere near as much as they should have been in the Last Dance documentary itself. I think that uh, the... The history of baseball here in the state of Utah from the minor league systems of across the years would be a great last dance treatment. Uh, Rick Majerus would be a fascinating uh, subject to be seen on the last dance. The Olympics, absolutely the 2002 Winter Olympics needs to get the last dance treatment. So there you go, just a couple ideas and topics uh, here that I think locally would be received if they got the quote-unquote last dance treatment like we saw the Michael Jordan career story over the last 10 episodes from ESPN and Netflix. Back to the Utah Jazz, longtime front office personnel, uh, part of the scouting and development program from the Jazz, most recent title being vice president of player personnel, Walt Perrin, stepping away to take a job with the New York Knicks where he'll be the assistant general manager. Now, Walt, I believe, has been with the organization for 19 years. And on a personal level, I think Walt Perrin is one of the better interviews you'll find within the NBA circles uh, outside of the uh, normal names, like the, the, the GM, the head coach, the star player. I think Walt Perrin would be on that next tier of names that people should get to know and interview. He's always honest and candid, but it, it's, it's funny how he's able to do it he tells you the truth without naming specifics and gives you enough info for you to kind of piece things together. 
or he's also really deft and good at not giving you anything or sending you in opposite direction than the team would like you to go. And for that, I think Walt Perrion deserves a lot of credit. He has been a good ambassador for the Utah Jazz. He has been a pivotal piece in their drafting process and scouting processes. And it is a loss for the Jazz to see Walt Perrin go. But a congratulations is indeed in order to Walt Perrin and his family as he uh, gets a, a, a promotion of sorts to be assistant general manager, albeit it is for James Dolan and the New York Knicks. But all the best and uh, best wishes for Walt Perrin. He's a good man. And uh, we'll miss him around these parts. We got two stories left here. We're going to start story nine with a former ASU quarterback who picked up his life and moved he and his family to Spain to try and pursue his dream career of being an opera singer and writer has gone viral Uh, after uh, what's his name? Farwell. Uh, Let's see. Gus Farwell. Uh, In a video posted to Twitter, Farwell shared his rendition of Giacomo Puccini's Nessun Dorma, and I'll play the audio for you here in just a moment, adding that police arrived to his apartment to shut down his concerts for good. Apparently, Farwell has every night at 8 p.m. during the lockdown in Barcelona for the past 65 days. He's gone out on his balcony of his apartment and sang uh, a, a selection from an opera to the warm, welcoming and applause, as you'll hear in the clip, of all of his neighbors and, and uh, surrounding uh, streets and people around. But the police are shutting him down. So this was his finale, Nessun Dorma, from Giacomo Puccini's uh, uh, opera. Here is former ASU quarterback Gus Farwell. Former ASU quarterback Gus Farwell there. Beautiful, wonderful voice. Opera is probably the, probably the toughest uh, things to have to sing. And that is, he nailed it. And that's a really tough, hard song to, to be really good at. Now, by the way, the, the words to that song, uh, that Vincero, Vincero at the end is, uh, win, I will win, I'll win at dawn. When he, well, that was a... Uh, uh, before that but anyway when i will win is how that song ends the song is those lyrics at the end are more inspiring than the song itself the music is really inspiring as well the message of the song is crazy the opera is about i mean the, the song is a guy singing about how he's gonna get this girl he's gonna get one over on her and he's gonna win this contest against her it's not the most uplifting of messages but the 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 words at the end, I will win, I will win, that that is pretty inspiring, and that's why it's been 
uh, used as a, a rallying point, this song, for Italy and now Spain and everyone else that hops on board with this opera. It's a beautiful, beautiful song and well done by Gus Farwell, a, a renaissance man who has an interesting story to tell in of himself, obviously, going from college football, lip picking up his career, ending it, and going to be try and be a uh, opera singer and writer. Pretty fascinating. Our final story then here on a Top 10 Tuesday of the EP podcast We'll stay with quarterback stories. The pandemic has uh, done a lot of interesting things to the world of sports, from canceling leagues and games to postponing others to uh, forcing teams, franchises, states, governments, players to make tough, hard decisions. Well, this is the first uh, and and maybe the, the, the most heartbreaking to me that has happened in regards to, you know, sports is those high school seniors or college seniors who did not get to finish their careers. They'll never get that feeling. They'll never know what that's like. They'll always wonder what if, what could have been, and that's too bad. Well, along those lines, five-star quarterback J.J. McCarthy has announced that he is leaving Illinois to transfer to Open Academy, IMG Academy in uh, Bradenton, Florida, where he will uh, commit, he's still committed to play for Michigan, but he's going to finish out his high school career in Bradenton, Florida at the IMG Academy because the pandemic has all but uh, guaranteed there will not be a final season for him there in Illinois, so he's leaving to play a final season of prep ball in Florida. I hadn't seen anything uh, of the sort to this point. Don't know if we'll see any others making a similar uh, decision, but... Here we go. This is now affecting our uh, the youth so much that they're leaving their hometowns to be essentially sign as a free agent at a high school in a different state across the country in a different time zone, I believe. Illinois, now, yeah, central time to eastern time. Uh, this uh, pandemic is affecting a lot of people in a lot of different ways, and that's the first I've seen of a high school player deciding, i got to go finish high school elsewhere so that I get a season in. We'll see. We'll see how that plays out. I hope it was a good decision for the young man. That's going to do it for a Top 10 Tuesday edition of the EP Podcast. Make sure you catch us each and every day on Stitcher, iTunes, iHeart, TuneIn, Zone Sports Network app, 1280thezone.com, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. I'm Austin Horton. I'll see you on a throw, on a, excuse me, on a uh, acoustic Wednesday. And I've got a really good selection for you tomorrow, but that'll be tomorrow on the EP podcast. Until then, be good to each other. Now for the laugh of the day. (laughs) I just can't sit there and listen to an insecure person brag about how great everything is. My life's a lot better than yours. My kids are a lot better than yours. I have a nice car. Mine's better than yours. I'm better than you at what you do for a living, and I've never done it before. After the recession, I dropped 90 mil. Well, I've recouped that and doubled it. So I'm up to half a billion now. And so I got less time than I got money. I got to burn through this, man. Come on. Let's do it. That sounded like bragging. I didn't mean it to be. It was.